Hello and welcome to the Beyond Resilience Life podcast, a show about life adversity, how to overcome it and transform your life. This is your host, Dr. Lidiana Garcia, a licensed psychologist in Los Angeles, California. And even though my hope is to deliver information that can be helpful for you to overcome adversity and transform your life, it is not meant to be a substitute for being diagnosed and treated by a licensed mental health, medical, and related professional. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Beyond Resilience Life. This is your host, Dr. Liliana Garcia. And I am excited here for another episode right around the corner where the year is ending. And I bet a lot of you are super stoked that this is done and that <laughs> this year is very close to an end. So I wanted to focus on today's episode about a reflection for 2020. I think even though it's been a crazy year, it deserves a lot of reflection and a lot of exploring any lessons that are there. <laughs> for 2020, as we're preparing to enter a new year. And I mean, at the end of the day, time is just a concept that human beings designed is not real. But sometimes it helps when we think about cycles and time when things end and new things begin, it helps our brain to kind of have a little structure about it. So think about it from that perspective in terms of what do you want to close as part of 2020? And what are some ideas that you want to bring into your life or just reflect about it for 2021, taking in consideration that even though probably you plan a lot of things for this year, I'm included, a lot of them did not come through <laughs> or there was so many factors out of your control. So that's in general what I wanted to talk about today. Alrighty, so let's get right into it. So one of the things that help is when you are reflecting about the year whether you created any of the goals that you had or you created like how I had that episode for 2020, like my New Year's resolution and process, if you had anything that you did, it would be good if you can just go through it and look at it and see what was done, what wasn't, and just start from there. Or even if you have a calendar or an agenda, just look through it and start looking at the different times and activities that you did and maybe the ones that you planned and how the year went. And then the other thing is to start thinking about different lessons because I think that, you know, I'm in that in-between of things happen for a reason and some things don't have any reason. But I like to explore what are the lessons? Because I'm always seeing life as, as a lesson, like a bunch of different lessons. And the more that I go deep into that and explore what is it for me to learn in here, I find that I change the way of seeing things and it brings a different perspective. And whether it's true or not, it just helps me to feel better. And it's not something that I'm harming anyone by doing it. Because sometimes we do things that help us feel better that could harm others. But this is something that it doesn't. It's just our perception. At the end of the day, we don't know what's going to happen. You can have ideas. You can have your spiritual beliefs and all that. But it's not until you die that you will actually maybe <laughs> figure out what life is about, right? So a lot of times we can trick ourselves into things if you want to see it from that perspective. Or just, you know, in general, what are some of the perceptions that you can have about things? There's a lot of different spiritual beliefs and statements, you know, that everything bad happens 
for you to learn something, whether you believe that or not. Again, it could just be something that could be helpful to change your perspective, because by changing our perspective, that impacts the way that we feel our overall state of being. We could definitely change it by changing our perspective. So that's what I'm going to invite you to kind of look about the things that went and happened to you. And kind of, if you ask yourself, if you're in that state, perhaps you're not, this is not for everyone, but if you're in that state of asking is there a lesson for me to learn? Maybe you can just ask it out loud or just write it down and journal about it. Then that will be helpful if you're in that state. And when I say that, I mean, there are some people that have experienced so many losses and so many tragedies in 2020 that they're not there yet, that they're still in that grief process or in that hurt process. And I believe that all stages are there for a reason. So if you find yourself in a grieving process, in a hurt process, it's not to fight it, it's just to honor it. And there's other things that you can do for that. You can just allow yourself space and time because the more that you resist it, the more it persists. And there's no timeline for grief or for feeling things. So just go at your own pace. Okay. So in terms of then after you figure out or explore what could be some lessons, then something else that I like to do is with those lessons is what can I, since I learned this, or it's a lesson that I'm working through, what are some things I can change in 2021 or even starting now to kind of apply that lesson? Because how many times have you experienced that you quote unquote learn a lesson but then you don't apply it. So then you keep learning that same lesson, right? Or different stages of that same lesson. So that's part of the reason or purpose for you to explore the lesson. So that way you can apply what you learned into your future, into your present. So that will be kind of like the last step that I would say for you to do on your own. Now I wanted to focus about just the collective. There's a lot of things that impacted the collective. We had the pandemic, we had the social justices, we have so many other things, right? But in general, I'm going to focus on those two as part of the collective. And I feel in many ways, this pandemic or this illness or this virus, however you want to call it, has touched, I would say, the world. I bet there's places that people have no idea about COVID. Um, perhaps some very remote areas and indigenous population, which is great. They don't need to get to know COVID, right? But in general, this is something that has impacted the world. And I think it's one of the first times that I've really reflected about how it feels that someone in Australia, somebody in China, somebody in, in South America has also been impacted in a way or another by COVID-19. And that's the piece that I think it's really interesting. And there are some things that as a collective, we all experienced. One of them was the push to rest, whether it was by you getting sick or the country was in lockdown or different kind of um, quarantines or anything. There was that push to rest and push to stay put. And that was so, so hard for many, many people. And I hope you understand that I'm not dismissing the pain and the things that many 
are still experiencing. That's not the purpose of this episode. And maybe if you're going through that, maybe this is not the episode for you, if I want to be honest. But I'm just talking in general for the majority that felt pushed to rest, pushed to stay put, pushed to stop doing what they were doing and fear in a way about what's happening, what's going to happen to them. I'm going to share a little bit of the story of how was it for me when the whole thing started. I remember it was in March. My son was going to get a surgery for the tonsils. And I we had a schedule surgery for the 20th of March. And they canceled the hospital the day before because California, the general surgeon kind of recommended for hospitals to not perform any non-emergency surgery. And we had to do many different things. We ended up having the surgery anyways, more in a private kind of clinic hospital. And it was very interesting because that week I was anyways going to take him out of school because I did not want him to have any cold or any illness before the surgery. But he did not have an opportunity to say bye to his friends. He thought, you know, he was being taken, stay at home because of the surgery. And then there was going to be the spring break. And then one more, I think he had needed to be one more week out. And then he was going to return in April. That was the plan. That's what he believed and he thought. And then it was like, boom, it's like, no opportunity to say goodbye, no opportunity for transition. It was like, you're not going back. The preschool kind of closed. Some of the essential workers, children continued to go, but I kept him at home, especially after a surgery. And I was also eight months pregnant. I was doing May, mid-May. So then it threw all our plans away. My aunt was going to come in May and she couldn't because of everything going on. So that also meant that our plans for postpartum support got super slim. My parents were coming. They were not coming now. So basically, it was my sister who lives here that helped a little and my sister-in-law who came from Puerto Rico. And that was it. We did not have much more support. And I remember thinking, my God, this is so hard because... This is exactly what I did not want it to happen, <laughs> to not have help since that's something that really impaired and impacted my relationship with my son when I was in the postpartum stage with him. And I knew from all the episodes, it was so interesting that I did a second season and the episodes were still airing when COVID hit about all the support that new mamas need. And I had all these plans of how different I was going to do it this time because I had the privilege and the resources to do a lot of things. And now it's like, oh, can you allow someone in your house, even if it's support? It was all so scary. And I remember feeling so much anger and despair and grief because of all the things that I wanted to do that were just not able. And then there's other story that I shared a little bit in other episodes that I'm not going to go into in terms of my daughter with her issues with her tongue tie and the surgery in the summer and etc cetera, etc cetera. but in general i'm just sharing this because that time that you're where you are got in a lockdown or where was about to get into a lockdown there was a lot of that oh my god what am i going to do when all the plans that you had had to be put aside and not to mention work and your place of work and ability to work there's a lot of people that lost their work so it's just 
it was very interesting. I felt that for the first time in a long, long time, we all experienced something quite similar, meaning of the needing to pause as a collective. And at the same time, even though we're all like being touched by the same ocean, which let's say is the pandemic risk, we all had different, based on our privilege, we all had different kind of vessels, if we had a vessel, to float in the water. Some people were just like swimming on their own. Some people had a boat. Some people had a yacht. And all this different, depending on your privilege. But we were all being touched by the same water. And then so many issues happened in situations in the U.S. that brought a lot of the social injustices and racism and systemic oppression in our country. And I feel like that also was very interesting because the timing of it, technically, we were supposed to stay at home and go through all these experiences, especially for BIPOC, Black, as an oppressed community, you had, for the most part, to deal with that on your own. And that was so, so hard, dealing with that on your own, being at home and not being able to necessarily go places. That in itself very trauma to what we were already going and experiencing. So, you know, there's all these different things that were going about and all these different experiences and having to process it by ourselves with limited resources, limited support. And that in itself, I feel like it's a secondary trauma. The other thing was the discrepancies amongst families and friends, it was such a heated, I mean, it's still going on. I'm recording this on December 4th, but it's still going on the whole political stuff, like whether the new president elect is chosen and everything going on, right? So there's so much politics that happened that it was like, it was never ending. It was like, you were getting over something like processing and integrating. Okay, there's a pandemic, it's going to stay for a while. I'm like, I'm going to stay at home. And then there's a social injustice and all the issues. And then there's like all the politics and everything going on with that. It just hasn't stopped. And we're asked to stay at home because of safety. But that is also impacting our one of the most important ways of coping, which is via co-regulation with others. So that was in itself also really, really hard. And what I was going to say next was about the discrepancies about families and friends. I started noticing like the very extreme ideas, like whether you were the left or right. And it was so heated. How many of you felt that if you were in Facebook or in any social media with family members, it became so heated. It became like both sides were becoming kind of like a cult. Like, this is the truth. And if you don't believe the truth, then you're dumb or you had all these other names to call, right? And that brought a lot of pain because there was a lot of relationships that even if they were like connecting via social media, via telephone, now they're being impacted by this very strong beliefs. And there's so much more, but those were the ones that I wanted to bring into back into awareness. Not that you really need to think about them, but how all these things that are impacting us and continue to impact us has brought in so much of things that you probably thought you were not able. So that could be one of the lessons that, you know, we are survivors. Something that I completely helped me or one of the lessons that I got was that I am very pro 
coping skills and supporting each other and all those kind of things. And at the same time, I felt that a lot of the things that I was sharing and proposing were a little bit on one sided, kind of like idealizing what it is to be regulated, idealizing what it is to cope with things, right? And not being in a survival mode, being in a regulated mode. And don't get me wrong, I still believe that that's super important. But the other ones are also there for a reason. And that was a big learning for me because I noticed that I was moving more into like, like an anti non-regulated. And we also need that. That's just part of our lives. We need the dark, we need the light, we need everything. So those are some of the things that I wanted to reflect on. And then as we're moving into a new year, I invite you to work and keep on exploring what are some things that continue to hold you back and how can you let go these things? How can you start like recognizing when you have some ability to manage things or to, I don't want to use the word control, but to influence something and what are some things that you can't? Like, for example, changing someone else's way of thinking, that is something that I would say is really, really hard. And it's not something that you can definitely completely do. Of course, there's a way that you can manipulate people and influence people, all of that. But it's to believe that you have the ability to change someone else or the responsibility. Let's go back there. Responsibility to change someone's else mindset, beliefs, and all that is not worth it. And it's going to put your happiness in the other. Whether the other did X, Y, and Z, that's going to determine your happiness. And that in itself is going to keep you in a cycle of oppression and a cycle of sadness, depression, anxiety, and many other cycles. So that's one of the things that I would say it's something that I kept noticing, the wanting to change someone else's way of thinking or bringing facts (laughs) and facts and facts. And it became kind of like, the more facts that you had, then the smarter you are and the most powerful you are. And is it really worth it? The other person might still be able, like, if you believe something, you're going to find it. That even happens in science. I remember when I was studying in my degree, you know, there's that impact when a scientist believes in something in their experiment, there still is that subjectivity. And even though they're going to try the hardest to be as objective as possible, Quantum physics, you know, mentions that when you observe something by the mere fact that you're observing it, then it's already changing. So it's something that, you know, pure objectivity is almost impossible to achieve. Yet we believe so. And we have all these statistics. Numbers are numbers. They don't, it's how you interpret them. There's all these stats and numbers being thrown and used in a certain way. But again, those numbers can be used in a very different way. So using stats, using all that is not going to get people to change necessarily their mind. And it's not worth it for you to keep fighting for that. It's more about how can you go back into you? What do you want to do? What are your values? What are your beliefs? And how are these values continue to serve you? Because we're always changing. We're always evolving or just changing. Evolving can mean like you're going into a better place and at the end of the day, we never know, but we're always changing. Change is one of the most constant aspects in life. 
So what are some of the beliefs that you have that you might question and that they might not be true for you anymore and that you can let them go instead of like holding on to it and lingering on to it and be like, I don't want to let you go. The more that you resist, the more these things persist. So that's how I'm going to let you all for this year. Thank you so much for your support this year, for listening and for the feedback and all of that. I am so appreciate of you all. I am so appreciative of having this avenue to share my thoughts and hopefully to provide some kind of comfort for you and just know that I'm there with you. It's been such a hard year, not only for me, for everyone. And I'm also thinking, as I was reflecting just now about my son not even having an opportunity to say goodbye, it has been such a hard year for him as well. So I might include him in a little let go exercise as well. And I wish you the best. I wish you a safe holidays if you decide to celebrate in whatever way and that you go back in and you really reflect about what's serving, what's not, and how to really let go of things that are no longer serving you. That's my wish for you as we end this year and as we start a new one. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Beyond Resilience Life podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. If you like this episode, please make sure to review it and comment on it and share it with your friends and family. Until next time.